Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in for Doug. As Isaac just told you, Alabama up 10-3, to about three minutes left here in the second quarter. Uh, Alabama just punted the ball back to – Cincinnati just punted the ball back to Alabama. We had a fumble by Alabama, but then a recovery by Alabama, it appears. So Alabama will maintain possession with about three and a half minutes to go. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that one. Of course, Michigan and Georgia kicking off around 7.30 Eastern. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go, and you think for calling for a ride home. Nah, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. Drive sober or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in for Doug today. Doug will be back Monday after the holiday. We wish Doug and the entire crew a a happy new year. Hope Doug's relaxing. Hope Dan Beyer. Hope everybody uh, that is normally in this time slot is relaxing. Jason and I will be on with you until 7 p.m. Eastern. Of course, when the odd couple takes over from there. So, Jason, we got this Alabama-Cincinnati game going on. Alabama up 10-3 to here with about three and a half minutes to go. What do you make of the first half so far? Because it's weird. I think it like two things in life can be true. I say that all the time where I don't think Cincinnati's playing that well. But Alabama looks sloppy, and and Cincinnati, you look at some of the stuff that's happening, the fact that Alabama ran the ball right down their throats on the opening drive, 10 play, or 11 plays, 10 of them were rushes for a touchdown. But since then, Alabama has struggled to move the ball. They've had fumbles. They just missed a field goal. Uh, but Cincinnati really can't move the ball in their own right. Three passes tipped at the line of scrimmage. Uh, in terms of total offense, they're, they're struggling to move the ball as well. Weird game so far. I, you know, it feels like Alabama should be up by way more. You look at the score, you feel like Cincinnati is really playing really well, but I don't feel like they are. It's a lot I'm throwing on your plate there, but it just it's a weird game, I feel like. Are you feeling the same vibes? Yeah, I mean, Alabama should be up more. It's very obvious they, they have more talent, they have more size. They're the better team, but 10-3 to is still 10-3. to Brian Robinson just got his 15th carry of the game. He was averaging 7.3 before that carry. He just got six on that carry. So he has 15 carries for 108 yards. And Bryce Young just threw a 16th pass. I don't know why you're throwing the ball. Like, what is Bill O'Brien doing exactly? (laughs) They haven't proven they can stop the run at all in this football game. So why in the world don't you just turn around and hand it off? Bryce Young already won the Heisman. There's no other award to win. There's no more stat that he needs. All he needs to do is win two football games. He doesn't have to do 400 yards to do it. Like, I don't know why you're doing this. Like, they can't stop the run at all. They're averaging over six yards a carry as a team in the first half and incessantly throwing the ball on early downs. It's just, I don't understand why you don't just keep doing the thing that works. Like, This is a Bill O'Brien special right here. 
Well, you, of course, covered Bill O'Brien for years. You're in Nashville. Oof. And, of course, the, the Houston Texans are in the AFC uh, South there, so you're very familiar with him. Right now, Alabama, a little over 220 yards of total offense, 146 yards rushing. As you said, 6.5 yards almost per carry. Cincinnati, 72 yards of total offense, 17 yards rushing on seven rush attempts for two yards per carry. So uh, six penalties total, sloppy game. Um, but, you know, Cincinnati's in it. I mean, if you if you asked them if they take down being down 10 to 3 uh, with 2 minutes left in the second quarter they'd absolutely take it. So we'll keep you updated on this one. We'll kind of continue the conversation here. You know, Jason, I, I wanted to ask you um I, I think this year and it's something you and I have talked about a ton on our Saturday show is College football for many years, it felt like it was getting a little too predictable in the preseason where, yes, in Alabama is in the college football playoff, but in most years, Oklahoma is going to win the Big 12. Uh, Clemson is going to win the ACC. Ohio State's going to win the Big 10. And this year, it's been a little bit refreshing to see some new blood, to see Cincinnati in this college football playoff, and of course, Michigan in this college football playoff as well. And it's funny because we just heard from Colin, and Colin kind of brought up the idea of, you know, the Big Ten giving your teams more time, giving your coaches more opportunity to kind of build a program, to take some lumps, and to get over the hump. And so I bring it up because it was it was a very active um, college football coaching carousel, to say the least, with USC hiring Lincoln Riley, LSU hiring Brian Kelly, Marcus Freeman will make his debut as Notre Dame's head coach tomorrow, uh, Brent Venables at Oklahoma, uh, Billy Napier, Mario Cristobal, on and on and on and on and on. And I bring it up because it does seem like over the last two or three playoffs, maybe not so much last year, but two years ago, LSU wins the national championship, seemingly comes out of nowhere. Michigan this year in the playoff, despite not being a top 25 team coming into the season, whether it's the coaching changes that just happened, whether it's a program that has a second, third year coach on the rise, do you feel like there's a couple teams or a team specifically that over the next couple years that could rise up and that we could see in this college football playoff one day? Well, I mean, the team that has to do it based on what they're doing from a recruiting standpoint is Texas A&M. That's the one that really stands out. Like, if they don't, that's going to be an indictment on Jimbo Fisher on Saturday afternoons because we know he can bring in the talent. The recruiting hall that they just brought in is absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Now, with the coaching carousel, I don't know. Like, Brian Kelly certainly doesn't feel like LSU, but he starts winning games, they're not going to care. That's going to work just fine. Notre Dame's going to be okay. I think Marcus Freeman, I mean, we'll find out how good a coach he is, but he looks like he's doing everything else right. Speaking of doing things right, looks like Alabama might be about to uh, extend out their lead here as they're actually, they scored on that play. Yep. They called it a touchdown. That just stopped me dead in my tracks. But yeah, I mean, I think A&M is the obvious answer. I think Lincoln Riley could do something at SC. I think that's a good landing spot for him to be in, but it might take a year or two before that really starts to bear fruit. Then you start looking at those teams in the Big Ten. And you've heard me say this many times. There's good and then there's Big Ten good. And you want to be the former, not the latter, if you can. I still look at Michigan State and Penn State and those schools. I think Mel Tucker's a great coach. I worry about James Franklin on game days. And some of the, I mean, he's lost a couple of assistants that I think were responsible for a lot of their success. So I don't know who in the middle of the Big Ten, for example, gets out of there. And then the ACC, whoever you pick in preseason, you can go ahead and throw that out. I mean, North Carolina just had a losing season, and people had them potentially in the college football playoff and taking Clemson down. Not so fast. Didn't work out. So I think the obvious answer is A&M. 
Yeah, I think A&M is the obvious answer, too. And for people who don't follow recruiting religiously, they just put together a monster number one recruiting class. And, like, it is worth noting. Like, like we make fun of Jimbo Fisher and we do all sorts of stuff. But at the end of the day, they finished number five last year. And there was a very compelling case to put them in as number four for that fourth team in the college football playoff. If you remember the final day of the re- of the season, really, uh, Notre Dame, they had beaten Clemson early without Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence comes back for the ACC championship game. Uh, Notre Dame was in the ACC last year. Notre Dame gets destroyed by Clemson, but they get in over Texas A&M. And so Texas A&M, to me, it feels like the obvious one, too. And it's funny, right? And, and this kind of plays into what Colin was saying a minute ago, uh, the segment that we heard from the heard today in which he said, you know, SEC teams just lose patience with guys. And uh, one, you know, we saw it with Coach O, we saw it with Dan Mullen, and, and I don't even necessarily disagree that those guys, it had run their course. You know, in Dan Mullen's case, the recruiting class was a mess. It wasn't going to get better. Coach O was losing games that the LSU had coached never lose. But like, I do think Jimbo Fisher is kind of a prime example of what Colin was talking about of, you have a great year last year, you have a great recruiting class coming in, in between you're kind of in this middle year type thing you're young in certain places your starting quarterback gets hurt you go eight and four and everyone's kind of starting to question them and so I I think that's kind of a good example of what Colin had to say but I also uh, you know kind of do think that uh, there's something to be said about you can go eight and four this year and still have a really really high ceiling for next year and years beyond that as well yeah no I agree with that I do I mean I, I would like to know who the next Cincinnati can be and I guess if Fickle stays there, maybe it's still Cincinnati. But the thing is, a lot of these schools rely on the quarterback that helps change everything. Now, they've got two all-world cornerbacks as well at Cincy. But you look at you look at Cincy right now, down 17-3, and in real danger because Alabama's got two timeouts left, a minute 18 is second down for Cincy. And this is Alabama. This is vintage Saban if he can get the ball back and find a way to double up on this thing before he's able to get to the half. May not. But who is the who's the team that's off the path? Because A and M, I said, was the obvious answer. So where do you go past that to find the next kind of smaller, not the one that you would be talking about, not the one that gets a whole lot of press, where you really feel good? I mean, who's the Coastal Carolina? Who's the new UCF? What's that team? And unfortunately, Aaron, it is not going to be UConn. <laughs> it's not going to be UConn. For people who don't know, I am a UConn alum. Uh, I did love the Jim Moore hire, though. Um, but yeah. what what I will say is is that when when I look at this um, when I look at the landscape, I mean I think it's tough to say because uh, when you look at the landscape, first of all, Cincinnati, Central Florida, Houston are going to the Big Twelve, um, and I think everything that like Cincinnati had to get so many breaks to get into this game, and it's something you and I have talked about on our Saturdays. I don't even know if this is the best Cincinnati team. I don't know if this is the best group of five team that we've seen over the last four or five years. Oh, it's not. It's not. There's no doubt in my mind it's not. And that's what I was going to say. I mean, you even go back to last year. I think in many ways that Cincinnati team was better. There was just more teams that were, you know, college football caliber, college football playoff caliber last year, where this year you're looking at a scenario where the Pac-12 plays itself out of the playoff picture. Clemson is not a threat in the ACC. Um, You know, the Big 12 doesn't have a participant, and that's how you end up with Cincinnati in this game. I only bring it up to say I think it's hard to even begin to peg because it takes it took so many things all aligning at the perfect time for Cincinnati to even make it into this game, then I think it's impossible to speculate, okay, who could not only rise to be that program, but then have all the factors kind of go their way to put themselves in a position like this? 
Yeah, you remember I argued against. I was just like, I hope Cincinnati doesn't make it. Even though I'm, mean, I'm glad that they did in in the in the end because nobody else really distinguished themselves. But I was just like, this this is not the year for this to happen because I don't think this team is that good. I mean, I talked to Mike Golick Jr. who called back to back Cincinnati games, and he point blank told me this team's not that good. Like Cincinnati. watching them, this yes, this this Bearcats team is not a top four team in the country. You watch them up close, you can see that. No, I mean, that's a little bit of disrespect. I'm not really trying to disrespect them, but the question that you asked is the right one. There are years where this would have made a lot more sense to me than this year, except for the fact that there just wasn't the level of dominance and trust across college football for multiple big-time teams. Like, nobody bought into Michigan until the season was over. Alabama, we weren't sure about. What do we say all year long? Georgia and everybody else. There's not even a number two. There's number one is Georgia, and everybody else feels like they're four or five. And then, of course, Georgia got beat. Now it's like, well, now we have nothing to believe in. All our institutions have been taken down. And that's when you're like, well, yeah, Cincinnati's undefeated. Put them in. Because who else has shown dominance to be in above them right now? And the answer was nobody. So they got in, but I don't think in any... I don't think for any reason this is the most impressive one of these kind of situations that we have seen over the last five, ten years. It's just the one that worked out because of the circumstances surrounding it. So in terms of the new head coaches, uh, who do you think, and this could be a different question, who do you think is most likely to get their team there first, but then who do you think is most likely to win a championship? Because I do think Lincoln Riley, just with the way the Pac-12 is set up, uh, could get his team to the college football playoff first, but you know maybe even Mario Cristobal at Miami, although I, mm-hmm. you know, we have our doubts about that. I also think a guy like Brian Kelly, the difference between LSU and and a, a Miami out of the ACC or a USC in the Pac-12, uh, Brian Kelly is going to probably have not probably he is going to have a much tougher path to get there. But if he gets there, he's going to have a team that's good enough to win it. And so I think you could see a Lincoln Riley get there first, maybe a Brent Venables, even as early as next year with Caleb Williams uh, back at Oklahoma. But in terms of the guy, the, the new coaches that I think is most likely to win it first. I'd probably go Brian Kelly because you know LSU, if they get to the playoff, is going to have a national championship caliber team. I'd like to argue that you're wrong, but you're right. I mean, Lincoln Riley will have the easiest path to get potentially in the top four, but we've never seen him win it once he's been there before. It was actually going in the wrong direction for him at Oklahoma. They were getting further away from a national championship, not closer. Now, maybe Caleb Williams could have taken him, and if he stays in Oklahoma, you can make the Venables argument, but he's a brand-new head coach. We really have no idea. I tend to think Notre Dame is going to be okay. I don't know if Marcus Freeman's going to get him there faster than Brian Kelly's going to get LSU because LSU's got the guys. They've got so many dudes. They don't have the same recruiting restrictions that Marcus Freeman will have to deal with at Notre Dame. Now, I think people are going to want to go to Notre Dame if, they can, if they're eligible to play there because they want to play for that guy. But LSU, as a recruiting hotbed and being what they are, I think, that, I think that has to be the answer. I think you are right. Now, going through Saban and Jimbo and everything else that you have to do in the SEC, he's going to earn it. But we know, whether you like Brian Kelly or not, he's a very good, good head coach, and he's been very good about the staff hires that he has made. He's been really smart with who he surrounded himself with as a head coach. All of his stops. I anticipate that probably happens again, and I, I think LSU is the right answer. Well, and I think too, you know, and this is what Colin Cowherd said, uh, you know, earlier in the show, and in, in what did the Fox say? What does the Fox say? Is that 
you know, it, it took him a while to find his staff, but I mean, that's one of the things that Brian Kelly has done insanely well uh, is surround himself with smart people. And it's a cliche in, in football now, uh, kind of the CEO, uh, you know, approach, but I think it works for Brian Kelly. Uh, we'll see how it works for other guys like Mario Cristobal down the road. This is Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in for Doug. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home. Nah, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. Drive sober or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Coming up, we continue the college football playoff conversation. Alabama up 17-3 to at halftime. We also bring in Fox Sports Radio's Jeff Schwartz to continue the conversation about not only this game, Week 17 of the NFL. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, and for Doug, Fox Sports Radio. Hey, I love it here. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in for Doug here on New Year's Eve. Do you think it's okay to drive stone? The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in. First game of the college football playoff is at halftime. Alabama up 17-13 to on Cincinnati. Jason Martin, Alabama 302 yards of total offense. Cincinnati... 76. Alabama, 172 yards rushing, including seven yards per carry. Cincinnati, not so much. Uh, you want to go? You want to do the heavy analysis here, or should we just call a spade a spade and say uh, it's 17-3 and it could be a lot worse? It could be much worse. Cincinnati's going to have the ball to open the second half, and that's your ball game. It may already be over, but it's ball game right there. If they punt the ball back to Alabama, it's ball game. Like they, at this point in time, they can't stop the run. Bryce finally hit a big one down the left sideline. Desmond Ritter's eight of seventeen for fifty-nine yards. And we talked about this, and you made this point probably about a month, month and a half ago, somewhere in that neighborhood, that if Cincinnati were to get this shot and get beat, and even if they get beat convincingly. I don't want to hear overwhelmingly this is why Cincinnati shouldn't have been there because Notre Dame would be experiencing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So would Oklahoma State or anybody else that you could have put in there. There's no reason to believe otherwise because we have evidence in previous years of that happening repeatedly to the teams that you would assume deserve to be there. Cincinnati losing to Alabama just makes them the next in a long line of victims of Nick Saban. That said they really don't look like they can play with Alabama. The fact this is 17-3 is more because of Alabama than it is Cincinnati. Cincinnati has actually had some opportunities because Alabama's been sloppy, a muff punt that they weren't able to get, and some other things that, that went awry for Alabama. This could easily be 31-3 to right now and an absolute embarrassment, and it's not. And I think that's because Alabama's playing B-minus football and not A-plus football. I agree 100%. And to your point on the idea of, oh, they, they well, if they lose this game, it's clear they didn't belong and they shouldn't have been there. Well, last year in the college football playoff, Ohio State beat Clemson by 21 points. Uh, the year before, 2019 college football playoff, LSU beat Oklahoma 63-28 to 
That game was 49-14 to at halftime before Coach O essentially called off Joe Burrow and the Dogs. The last time there was a college football playoff semifinal on New Year's Eve, I was there, Jason Martin. It was Ohio State versus Clemson. Yep. Ohio State lost to Clemson 31 to nothing. Uh, it was miserable. The stadium was half empty by halftime. Everybody started their New Year's Eve early. You could tell nobody was watching. So I just bring it up to say the idea that um, you know the idea that if Cincinnati gets blown out that they don't belong or that they didn't deserve to be there I think is unfair and I think part of it is listen part of this is on Ohio State not not Ohio State excuse me Oklahoma State for not closing out against Baylor mm-hmm. it's on uh, Clemson for even though they won 10 games not having a vintage Clemson season it's on the Pac-12 for not putting up a worthy candidate because you and I both said this to lead the show and I think it's true is you know two things can be true in this scenario which which is that um, I don't think Cincinnati was the fourth best team in college football, but based on what fourth best team, fourth best team in terms of talent and skill and draft picks and recruiting rankings. But in terms of teams that are worthy of being there, you couldn't really make a case for anybody else by the end of the year. And I think we're seeing this. This isn't even, I would say, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth best team in college football. They deserve to be here. I don't think this game's going to end very well for them, though. No, I, I tend to agree with you. And to your point in the teams that you were saying, it was their fault. You know who else's fault it is? Notre Dame's for not beating this team and being in their spot. The fact that Cincinnati beat them took Notre Dame out of the conversation. Oregon found a way to took it, take itself out of the conversation fairly early on, even after, even after beating Clemson and knocking them out. Oklahoma State, as you mentioned, there's all these teams, but nobody really distinguished themselves. I mean, I would argue, you could argue a bunch of teams in this spot, but none of them necessarily are overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, what a snub. How could how could Ole Miss not be in this spot? Like, no. I mean, I already saw Ole Miss in Alabama. And by the way, they didn't equate themselves as well as Cincinnati has today. Absolutely. No doubt about that. As the score again, 17-3 to at halftime. Alabama leading Cincinnati. And as Jason said, it could be much, much worse. This is Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in for Doug. Doug will be back on Monday. Hope everybody's having a great New Year's Eve afternoon into the evening. Alabama up 17-3, to as Isaac just said. We do want to go to the phones. We want to welcome in Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL offensive lineman. Of course, on top of that... He is our partner here at Fox Sports Radio. can hear him every Saturday, 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Jeff, what's going on, man? Happy uh, Happy New Year. Same to you guys. Yeah, it is uh, the 31st. And, uh, you know, the, the older you get, like, the less New Year's feels cool. It's like, all right, well, tomorrow is another day. My kids will wake up at the same time as they normally do. And we'll have the same exact day I just had today. All right. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I, I actually, uh, I, Jason, I don't know if I told you this, but I actually live in Pasadena. So my nerdy New Year's thing is to get up early and go to the parade like I'm 84 years old. So What is uh, wrong with you, Aaron? What? My dad's a parade guy, too, man. If he lived in Pasadena, he'd be there every year. No, I mean, listen, it, it, you know, listen, we're all about the same age bracket. I, I don't have young children like you guys do, but I'm also way too old to be doing anything cool on New Year's Eve as well. So the only point I was trying to make is I completely... Uh, understand where Jeff is coming from. Jeff, I did want to ask you, this Alabama game, Alabama uh, 17, Cincinnati 3, you, of course, played in the NFL for years on the offensive line. What is it like when you show up to the stadium as an offensive lineman and you know that you can just kick the crap out of the guy in front of you the way that Alabama seemingly can if Bill O'Brien would stop being stubborn and just hand the ball off every possession? 
you're, you're in the locker room right now telling Bill O'Brien to run the football every play. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's very simple. I mean, every time that Alabama has thrown the ball three times in a row, they've led to a punt, right, or, or a missed field goal. It's very simple what Alabama's trying to do. Because I get it. Look, Cincinnati's defense, especially the back end of the secondary, is good. And Alabama has struggled to throw the ball a little bit today outside of the one long touchdown pass they had. They've, it's, they've had trouble being able to, to pass off line games up front. But running the football has been very efficient. The score of this game is not exactly how this is going, right? I mean, Alabama has 300 yards. Cincinnati has 70, and I think got like 60 of those on the first drive. I mean, th- this game very well could be 24 to 3, right? Like, it, or, or, or 28 to 3. Um, it just has been um, a game that, look, I, I've said this for two, three years now. I said, you put a group of five team, and Cincinnati deserves to be here. I, I have no problem with that. In this situation where you're playing a, a, a power five team that cares about the game, that is important for bowl season, it was going to go this way. It is. Like, it's going exactly how most of us thought it would go. Yeah, it is. I, I do think that there are a lot of other teams who be in this spot that would be doing virtually the exact same thing. But Correct. when you look at it, look at it inside the trenches, Jeff. The size difference, the depth difference. Alabama loses a guy that would start basically anywhere else in the season or anywhere else in the country early in the first half off their offensive line, bringing somebody else that could start for 95% of the rest of the country. <laughs> There's just something about the machine that is yeah. just being able to pull dudes off the assembly line, i.e. the sideline, bring them onto the field, and they're still better than your guys that has to be in- incredibly demoralizing. Well, that's why it's tough to play Alabama, and, and that's why recruiting matters, right? So I, the, the, you know, everyone says, well, recruiting rankings are whatever they want to complain about. But, but look, Alabama, as you mentioned, lose a right guard. Well, I'll put a four-star in at, at, at right guard now, right? And no one can do that. And that's why Alabama you know, it continues to roll. I think I, think I heard Jason McIntyre say earlier today that uh, Cincinnati doesn't have a, a defensive lineman or de- a defensive player over 300 pounds. I mean, it, it matters, right? And look, this is not a – a good, I guess it's the wrong way to put it. It's not a great Alabama offense compared to the offense they've mm-hmm. had over the previous years. It's a good offense. They, they do good things, but their offensive line is not what it's been. You know, Bryce Young in the first half today, a little up and down, right? We saw at times this year against Auburn, LSU, right? Just kind of not the same offense, the explosive offense we've seen the last couple of years. And um, so Cincinnati's even playing an, an Alabama team that is just not as good as they were last year. You can make the argument maybe Cincinnati's not as good as they were last year either. Um, but this is not expected. Like, it's, uh, if this happened in week one, we'd be like, oh, yeah, all right, makes sense. But in the playoff, people are going to be like, oh, they can overvaluate this game. It's a very simple takeaway. You have a team with 77 players in ESPN's top 300 recruiting rankings against a team that has two. <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's very simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. Jeff Schwartz joining us. Jeff, of course, eight-year NFL vet, host on Pac-12 Today, and a host here on Fox Sports Radio, 4 to 7 Eastern time. You can hear him with Steve Hartman tomorrow. Jeff, I want to go to the second game. I mean, I'm just going to give you the floor. I mean, you have uh, you know the, the team that won the quote-unquote Joe Moore Award, which is for the top offensive line in college football, yeah. going up against what we believe to be a historic defensive front, defensive front seven for Georgia. Just lay out, how excited are you to watch that matchup in the trenches in the second game? Oh, man, I'm pumped. You know, I always get this kind of like nervousness before that game because I'm one of the, the voting members of, of the Joe Moore Award. And, you know, you always want that offensive line that you voted for to, to, to play really well. I mean, there was you know, Oregon State, for example, was a really good offensive line this year. And they, they played poorly in their bowl game. You're like, oh, boy. And so I really am hoping just for our, our pride to, that they play well. Well, Georgia's front seven is is elite. 
Uh, I think we saw in the SEC championship game the way to get them is what Alabama did, which is you you block them up best you can, and then you you have to try to hit some home run shots and, and get their secondary. The problem is Michigan doesn't have the wide receivers that Bama does, right? So maybe those 12, 13, 14-yard throws don't end up being touchdowns, but end up being explosive plays for Michigan nonetheless. Um, I really think the, the game can be won or lost, though, if Michigan's defense can create turnovers and, and give their offense short fields because Georgia's offense, I think, will struggle in this game. Uh, you know, the, the, the defensive line of Michigan is, is fabulous. We, we know what Hutchinson can do uh, over their defensive end. So I think this game really relies on Michigan's defense trying to keep it close, almost like we're seeing today where Cincinnati's defense can kind of keep it close, and then hopefully your offense can make a few plays. The, the difference, obviously, is that Cincinnati's offense can't make a few plays against Alabama. Michigan should be able to do enough. I'm not saying score 35 points, but if they can get into the mid-20s, and they have a chance to win this game. I, I don't. I don't know if I feel great about them doing it, but I know I'm rooting for something different. I don't. Georgia Alabama will be fine. It'll be a, a good game. But it'd be nice to have Georgia. It'd be nice to have uh, me, Alabama Michigan. It'd be nice to have a different game. You just expect a lot of running. I mean, we saw Michigan's offensive yes. line. I just saw them walking into the stadium wearing "Run the Damn Ball" T-shirts. Like literally yeah. all of them. I think yeah. both teams. That's what they would like to do is just run the ball as often yeah. as they can. I think the under is a good play. I know it's in the mid forties, um, but that feels very like uh, very likely. Um, just kind of eliminating you know the ability to to make mistakes. Uh, I think is what you're looking at for for both these teams from the quarterback. Right. You just don't want to have mistakes from that position. Running the football takes it away. But the, you know the problem with that, Jason, is like. Yeah, Michigan can try to do that, but that's not how you beat Georgia, right? You got to throw the ball a little bit. I mean, even the teams that have moved the ball in them this year, even going back to like the Tennessee game, they 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 tempoed they tempoed uh, Georgia early in that game and, and used that to get you know to, to throw the ball at the edges and find plays down the field. I'm not sure the idea of running the ball will work well unless you incorporate run, runs to the edge, reverses, kind of you know, had you've had a couple weeks now to come up with 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 some ways to get the ball down the field, but just running the ball between the tackles is not going to work. So kind of in the same vein, Jeff, I asked you earlier in the segment about, you know, what do you do when you show up to the stadium and you know that the guy next to you just, he cannot match up physically with you a lot like Alabama's offensive yeah. line and defensive line probably feels. What about on the other end? When, you, when you're when you going up against a guy the caliber of yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, this this kid could potentially be the number one overall pick, but when what it, what is that Alabama, or that Georgia, excuse me, offensive line room thinking, talking about right now, stopping that edge rush from uh, Michigan? You know, some of the best ways to to stop those those type of guys is actually to to not be in those situations. I, is if you can if you can find ways to 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 win on first and second down and keep those third downs short, then you have less of an opportunity to give pass rushers an opportunity to work. And so it's going to be very important. I know an offensive lineman can't say to the you know the OC, like, "Hey, let's get let's have good plays on first and second down." But you know, if you can get yards to keep third down manageable, then it does keep those pass rushers a little bit at arm's length because they can't really come after the passer if the ball's going to be a little quicker on third down. And so that is what they're going to have to do is, is be really good on first and second down to limit the production of Michigan on third down. I think if you're an offensive lineman in, in that room, that's that's your mentality, right? Like if we run the ball well, that will lead to some some hopefully better situations for us with the ability to to, to pass protect Michigan. Jeff, I, uh, I we were talking earlier about teams, you know, outside the beaten path a little bit, or teams that haven't been there in a little while that might be able to to step up into the top four, certainly into an expanded playoff. 
Just curious on your thoughts, maybe looking at your expertise in the Pac-12, I think Lincoln Riley might be a year or two away. That's going to take a little bit of time to maybe build back up, even though they do have some talent. But your alma mater, Oregon, has a ton of talent. I talked to Andy Staples this morning. He said they got talent to play with anybody in the country. The question is, is Dan Lanning the answer? What would you say there? Yeah, we do have a lot of talent. I mean, I know the bowl game wasn't really indicative of, of what we're doing next year. We had, we had 31 guys out of that game, injuries, and and um, we, had, we had we had over 44 starters this year. Our bowl game, how about this? I don't think people – it wasn't talked about in the broadcast. Um, they started a true freshman offensive guard defensive tackle in that game against Oklahoma. So wow. like if, that's, if you want to know about depth issues, that's mm. what Oregon had in that game. But we've had three straight top 10 recruiting classes. Obviously, this year, the class was going to be that high. It, it, got, it kind of got knifed away when, when Mario left. And you're right. Dan Lanning does have a lot of talent on that roster, and they've hired elite recruiters. I mean, everyone he's hired has been valued as a high recruiter. Now, the question is, obviously, can they coach him up, right? And so you have – I don't really worry about the defense. Dan Lanning should be fine. It's offensively, right? The, the the biggest fault of Mario being in Oregon, and again, he was there four years and did more winning than losing, and he left the program in a better place than when he got there, was the lack of quarterback quarterback development, right? we had, He got Justin Herbert, and he didn't play as well as he probably should, and then really never developed anyone else the last two years. So it's up to Dan Lanning and really up to, to Dillingham, the OC, who's 31 years old, who's never really had his own offense before, it's can he develop a quarterback? Is it Bo Nix who transferred from Auburn? Maybe. But we have young players. It's can you develop the future guy? And I think that's the number one uh, priority this offseason is quarterback play. We have everyone else. We're, we're good there. It's can our quarterback be elite enough to get us to the playoff? He is Jeff Schwartz. You can hear him every Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio with Steve Hartman. Also, Pac-12 today on SiriusXM, eight-year NFL vet. Follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, we appreciate the time, my man. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. Same to you guys. Take care, everybody. That was Jeff Schwartz. Everybody, make sure to follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Schwartz. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home. Nah, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. Drive sober or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Coming up, we hit the press. Jason Martin, Aaron Torres, and for Doug, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in for Doug. It can happen easily. Few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home. Nah, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Alabama and Cincinnati now into the third quarter. Cincinnati has just kicked a field goal to make it 17-6. to Alabama leading middle of the third quarter. We'll continue our conversation with this game momentarily. But it's time for the press. The press. Isaac, what do you got? 
Big news earlier today out of the National Football League with Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins testing positive for COVID, so that means he will not play on Sunday, fellas, against the Green Bay Packers. Sean Mannion will start in his place, obviously. This generated considerable reaction on social media, including the following tweet from Jim Suhan, who is a columnist for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. He tweeted, and I quote, There is nothing more predictable than Kirk Cousins testing positive before having one last chance to save the jobs of the people dumb enough to have signed him, unquote. That's fire. My goodness. I mean, spot the lie. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't disagree with any of it. I'm I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy and didn't understand the contract in the first place. I mean, he's good, but he's not whatever. So Jim Suhan coming out hot. That's all I really got, Isaac, on that one. Well, let's uh, continue with football, but right now the college football playoff game and an interesting sidelight because during this Alabama-Cincinnati game going on right now, the first college football playoff semifinal, the AT&T Stadium press box is being bombarded by crank phone calls from someone who obtained the number, which is supposed to be for media members only. Aaron Suttles of The Athletic reporting that one caller claimed he was Luke Fickle and that Alabama was dumb to run slants against the Cincinnati secondary. Another caller simply cursed out Nick Saban and then hung up the phone. I mean... What have you guys been doing during commercial breaks? I I, I can't speak for anybody. I mean, if I was a Cincinnati fan, I, I, I don't know that I'd be making crank phone calls right now criticizing Alabama because, as we've alluded to throughout this this show, uh, it's 17-6. It could and, frankly, should be a lot worse than the, the score actually reflects. And, and Hold on, guys. Hey, uh, are we ready for this? Okay. okay, it turns out Fox Sports Radio has actually obtained Uh-oh. exclusive oh, no. audio of one of the crank phone calls. Let's see if we can play it. Uh, yes, I'm looking for a Mrs. O Problem. First name, B. Uh, yeah, just a minute, I'll check. Uh, B O Problem? B O Problem? Come on, guys, do I have a B O Problem here? You sure do! <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. AT&T Stadium Press Box sounds like to be a pretty fun place to be right now. Sounds like Moe's Tavern a little bit. It's weird how they like that vibe. Those two places sound a lot alike. Anything else, Isaac? Perhaps more more entertaining than the game itself. Uh, Final item, Mm -hmm. multiple outlets out of the NBA reporting that the Cleveland Cavaliers are acquiring guard Rajon Rondo from the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for Denzel Valentine. The Cavaliers, of course, recently losing point guard Ricky Rubio for the season with a torn ACL. So, sure, that sounds great. Uh, Cavs aren't going anywhere anyway, so you might as well bring in somebody that has a little bit of name recognition. Yeah, I just I, I feel like the Cavs are kind of trending in the right direction with Evan Mobley. I don't I don't you know I'd be lying if I said I, I had a, a great pulse on what the Cavs are doing, but you know Rajon Rondo's kind of got a little bit of a reputation, especially with some older guys. So uh, so yeah, I don't know about that, but but yes, I was going to say thank you, Isaac. We appreciate it. That was the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. This is the Gottlieb Show. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in Cincinnati. Forced another punt, Jason Martin. I'm not saying that uh, we're getting an upset here, but Cincinnati's doing enough to keep this compelling. I think you used the word B-minus effort so far from Alabama. I think that feels about right to me. 
Yeah, look, since he got a field goal on the last drive, eventually they're probably going to have to get a touchdown, but at least this thing is still watchable right now, which is, I think a lot of people would have thought maybe it wouldn't be. Cincinnati's got a little bit of a shot here to try and tighten this thing up, but they can't have an empty drive. They can't have an empty drive. It is 17-6, to six, seven minutes to go here in the third quarter. Uh, by the way, we got another game coming up here, Michigan-Georgia. We'll talk about that one next. Jason Martin and Aaron Torres in for Doug Gottlieb. This is... Fox Sports Radio.